the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. Thank you, sir. Good afternoon to you and welcome. 23rd day of September, 5 o'clock and uh, 5 past the hour of 5, as we welcome you in to another edition of Lifeline. Good to have you with us today. Going to keep you company for the next couple of hours. Coming up at 6 o'clock, a um, special visit with a gentleman from Mission Aviation Fellowship. Gene Jordan will join us. We'll talk a bit about his experiences growing up in the jungles of South America, specifically in Ecuador, and uh, what in the world's going on in that part of the world today. We'll get to that conversation later on tonight in hour number two. As we lead off, it's been a grim milestone to be sure, as in the last 48 hours we've crossed over the, um, well, if not medically important, at least psychologically important, um, milestone of 200,000 deaths attributable to COVID-19. And to put that in perspective for you, this is the equivalent of the combat casualties of World War I, the Korean War, and the Vietnam War combined. And certainly even as we see those kinds of phenomenally frightening numbers, there has been progress. We have seen in many regions of the country, parts of the world, a slowing of COVID-19. And maybe there's a sense, even after we went through the big peak early on and then things kind of settled down and then we saw that, that, that second big spike take place, that maybe now we're finally moving into the home stretch. And if it wasn't this disappearing in the spring, will it disappear in the fall? What of the promise of a vaccine? How soon will that come? How effective will it be? And most importantly, as we begin in many parts of the country to shift, it hasn't happened here certainly in California yet. We've got maybe another uh, month of warm weather to go. But when we begin to see the shift into late fall and early winter, and we're spending more time indoors, could that potentially be increasingly problematic, even at a time when a state like California is beginning to open up things like uh, indoor dining and the easing of regulations and the ratcheting down of the code red level concern over COVID-19 to some other less uh, innocuous uh, color, to be sure. And yet, as we sort of move into this sense of, I don't know, greater familiarity with the new norm, could we potentially get sloppy? And could there be warning signs waiting for us around the corner? Well, to help shed some light on these questions, we are joined by Dr. Jeff Gusky. He, of course, practices emergency medicine in Dallas, Texas. 
If you don't know the name, you certainly know his work. Undoubtedly, you have seen his photographs. He is a renowned National Geographic photographer um, whose discoveries and photographs are known world round. He is the author of three books and joins us now by phone. And Dr. Gusky, again, a delight and a privilege to have you with us. The privilege is truly mine, Craig. You, you are so kind, and, and I'm so honored to be on with you again. I mean that from the heart. Let's uh, appreciate that. Let, let's talk a bit about the milestone. So 200,000 deaths attributable in one fashion or another to COVID-19. And I suppose like a lot of folks, we're, we're getting the sense that, okay, we kind of have a handle on this now. We know face masks, wash your hands, six-foot distancing, things of that sort. Certainly in a state like California, it's kind of been drummed into us like a mantra. And so I'm I'm wondering, though, if there may be a sense as we move into later fall and early winter, if there could potentially be a, a false sense of security, even as we've heard uh, the promises of a vaccine available perhaps as early as uh, late October. Is there perhaps a, a double-edged sword waiting for us here? Craig, I, as an ER doc, you know, we always... Uh, guide people towards hope, even in the most difficult circumstances. And uh, hope comes from seeing danger clearly and avoiding it. And so what I have to share with you is frightening, but it's hopeful because there are very simple measures we can all do to stay safe and to keep our families safe. We were last um, uh, together uh, on the air uh, 20 days ago, and the world has changed dramatically, not just the statistic you mentioned with the passing of the 200,000 mark, but it's what's happening in Europe that hasn't quite sunk in on this side of the Atlantic that is utterly shocking because it's a bellwether for what will be coming here in about a month. And uh, it, what it suggests is, so Europe is blowing up. Um, France, Hungary, Moldova, Netherlands, Ukraine, Czech Republic, Denmark, Poland, Slovakia, and Romania have all broken, they've shattered the, the previous highs. They've reached all-time highs in new case counts. Um, Belgium, Switzerland, Germany, Austria, Turkey, Italy, Spain, Portugal, UK, Ireland, Norway have all reached the highest levels since April and May. And they're trending upward fast. And what this is telling us is utterly shocking. And I don't want to, I'm not saying this to scare people or to create alarm, but but so people can start to think through a different way of looking at how we need to protect ourselves. Because all of those places, in particular a place like France, I, I spent a lot of time in France with my work uh, as a Nat Geo photographer on World War One, And, you know, it's, it's kind of a socialistic country, lovely people, but they, they're very regimented. And so they've been doing the mask and the social distancing, and they've had partial closures. And yet all of that is not working. And what it is telling us is that, that um, the model 
is not person-to-person spread with microdroplets, but it's aerosols. Um, could I share with you the difference between the two and why, um, why this has been so predictable? Please do, because people hear aerosol and they think, yes, I've seen that. It's the language is on the side of my, uh, for women, maybe, you know, a a bottle of hairspray, or maybe you picked up an aerosol can of paint, something of that sort. When you talk droplets and certainly some of the the, the more well-known modes of of transmission has been, you know, touching surfaces, certainly physical Mm -hmm. contact. Um, and and the droplets that we've heard about that supposedly if we uh, stay inside of our own six foot bubble protects us, but it sounds mm-hmm. like there's there's a new piece of information here. Well, actually, it's been it's been out there, but there's a politicization of the, as we all know. I mean, and and I I'm not going to go there because you know we're all so sensitive, and this is a re- this is a life and death issue, and I don't want to. Um, uh, cause people undo, uh, I don't want to get in, you know, there's no use arguing about this stuff. We just have to find the truth. And, and there's, um, so, uh, the, the aerosol versus person to person, it's really the difference between a cloud and a baseball. So person to person spread with micro droplets, it's like throwing a baseball. And the idea of a mask is that you can block it. And the idea of a social distancing is that you can get far enough away from it that the baseball will, by gravity, fall to the ground. And the idea of cleansing surfaces and spraying things and washing your hands and, you know, is the idea that you can, um, you can, uh, minimize the, the load of those micro droplets so you don't, um, get them into your system. Okay. If, um, if it's a, an aerosol, an aerosol is just a cloud. It's like you walk into an indoor space and the virus is everywhere and it goes everywhere. So it can go all the way across a large room. It can go room to room. It can go down halls. It can go floor to floor through the ventilation systems. Uh, you cannot block it. You can't distance it. You can't, even if it's 50 or 100 feet, you can't, there's no way to distance from a cloud. Um, you can't clean it. The only way to minimize the risk, if it's an aerosol, is to lower human susceptibility. So I think we talked last time that there are hundreds of millions of people and entire nations that have all but been spared from the pandemic, like Hong Kong um, versus New York City. Hong Kong has about the same number of people, same landmass, and as of several days ago, I think they'd lost 103 people since the beginning of the pandemic. New York City has lost over 24,000 precious souls. And, and so what is the difference in all these places that are being spared is their tropical climates with what is called high absolute humidity. So absolute humidity is something we've never heard of. Um, it, it's not on the weather report. We can't easily measure it. Yet it turns out that when the absolute humidity is above 10, and it's the weight of water in the air, it makes us much less susceptible to the virus. That's why places like Haiti and Bangladesh, some of the poorest places on Earth, 
have amongst the lowest rates on earth. They have no good medical care. Hygiene isn't great. They're not social distancing. Something is happening with those people that's giving them natural protection against the COVID pandemic. And, and let me jump is, in, doctor, if I can, because it yes. kind of lend uh, listeners a little perspective on this. You mentioned Hong Kong. I've been there many times. Uh, yes. The one thing that I think of when I think of Hong Kong, the two things, um, is a very dense, tightly packed area where you talk about people living on top of people. That's Hong Kong. You see tall buildings because they can't go out, so they got to go up. The other sort of uh, characteristic of Hong Kong is the high level of humidity. And I just looked up the number. Since all this began, Hong Kong has had 5,050 cases and a total of 103 deaths. Now, I got to tell you, knowing how dense Hong Kong is, those numbers are astonishing. And what you're suggesting then, doctor, is that one of the ways in which they've been able to, um, unwittingly so, uh, control the spread is because the environment there is one that has a natural, really high level of humidity. Amazing. Yes. Yes. That's, and that's where hope lies for us. And I learned something this week just by happenstance. Um, I was, uh, so there, there are two countries that have very low COVID rates but have very low um, absolute humidity in the wintertime. In other words, they're more dangerous than Wuhan in winter. They have low absolute humidity, whereas Hong Kong is tropical. It has high absolute humidity. And, and those countries are Japan and South Korea. Mm. And it turns out that those two countries have known about this for a long time. And, and it's not rocket science, Craig. You know why? They were doing what we should have been doing all along. There's an organization called ASHRAE, which is a standard-setting organization, the American Society of Heating, Refrigeration, and Air Conditioning Engineers. And they, they have known that indoor humidification is a non-pharmaceutical antiviral agent. It's like a, it's like a medication uh, that lo- that treats or it lowers your risk of of getting uh, respiratory viral infections. But they, America did not do it, and Europe didn't do it, and Japan and South Korea did, and they never had the nursing home deaths uh, like we did. I think their numbers are like eight and twelve per million, respectively, whereas. America is around 620 per million in terms of the death rate. And, and so we can do what they're doing. And it's simply a matter of paying attention to the indoor humidity. It's that simple, Craig. Let me pause on that point. I want to give listeners an opportunity to sort of think through um, higher levels of absolute humidity, and of course what is traditionally as we begin to, within 30 days here or so, hunker down for the colder season, that means we close up the windows real tight, we turn the heater on, many of us have forced air here in California, and what that can potentially mean to humidity levels indoors, and of course as we see the greater inclination. We are opening up. We've got indoor dining now. What is all this going to mean when we combine low levels of humidity with more time inside? With us today is emergency room physician, Dr. Jeff Gusky. He is also a celebrated 
National Geographic photographer. You can see his work online at jeffgusky.com. We keep threatening to have him come back to, to talk about his amazing work um, in really uncovering parts of, of a whole secret world that is there at the grounds of World War One battlefields in places like France and uh, elsewhere. And uh, we'll, we'll certainly get to that conversation one of these days. But meanwhile, we're talking about the milestone. 200,000 American lives have now succumbed to COVID-19. And uh, as uh, Dr. Gusky and other scientists are suggesting, um, the worst may be yet to come, not necessarily because we're getting sloppy, it's just because we're getting too dry. We'll go deeper into this conversation here on the Wednesday edition of Lifeline from KFAX. Get a look at traffic for you right now, 520, the latest from the KFAX Traffic Center. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. We are back with celebrated photographer and emergency room physician, Dr. Jeff Gusky. We are talking about the recent milestone, the United States crossing over the tragic loss of 200,000 lives. And even as we sort of look forward to the promise of a vaccine around the corner, um, as Dr. Gusky is suggesting, let's get, not get too comfortable yet because the complexities of weather may indeed play a very critical role. And um, and fortunately, as you started to allude to prior to the break, Dr. Gusky, uh, if this was a case where we could do nothing about it, uh, it would be pretty grim indeed. But in fact, um, forearmed with the right information, there are steps that we can take to address this issue. Tell us more. It's so simple. It's so simple. It's um, It's just a matter of keeping the indoor air you breathe safer. Uh, by keeping it between a humidity of 50 to 60% relative humidity. And you can't guesstimate that. You need to measure it with a simple device. I have a uh, what, something called a Govee, G-O-V-E-E. I bought it on Amazon. They're about $12, and I tested a number of them, and this one is the one that I like the most. And uh, uh, you just carry one in your pocket or your purse, Keep one in your car. Keep one with you at all times. And uh, make sure that whenever you go into a place and always in your home that you're between 50 and 60%. Now, if I can just share one uh, uh, piece of context, because you had asked earlier where we're at as a country, and I believe we're in the calm before the storm. So if you go back to July in Paris, you can see what the absolute humidity is um, using a device that I uh, called Purple Air. And, uh, and this is surprising. No one knew what was happening. Um, the, uh, the month started out, their numbers were very low. Uh, they had dropped more than 90% from their peak in the springtime, and, and it seemed like all was hunky-dory. And little did they know that starting on July 6th, um, uh, COVID risk was exploding because there were six, no, there were seven days, um, uh, which had Wuhan levels of absolute humidity and worse. And there were nine days, uh, where it was moderate risk and people were breathing this dangerous indoor air and had no idea because it's happening on gorgeous days. And you can't tell from the relative humidity outside 
whether the air is dry or not uh, in terms of absolute. So uh, what happens is slowly, uh, quietly under the surface, the COVID numbers begin to rise and they um, uh, are not even paid attention to by the media. It's just it, it, everything seems fine, but under the surface, uh, they're building towards a critical mass. And then by the first week in August, the bomb went off. And that's what what happens. It goes exponential. So we're now in the calm before the storm. For the last seven, six or seven days, uh, the northeast from Maine to south of Washington, D.C., and over to Wisconsin, Michigan, and Illinois has been blanketed by Wuhan-like air. And um, and that that those numbers are going to start to rise and other parts of the country are starting to rise and it's going to um, go slow at first we won't realize uh, but by uh, a month from now and now back to, to lifeline with craig roberts and and so the simple things to do are to get an evaporative humidifier for your home you need to buy one that has the capacity to cover your square footage and they're very inexpensive and you need to get a little bacteriostatic solution, you know, pour a cap full in when you fill it up just to keep the mold and the, back, back, and the algae from growing and, uh, and buy an inexpensive humidifier. And if you do that and you keep your indoor humidity 50 to 60%, you'll be in great shape. And then don't go into places that are not 50 or above. One of the other things, before we run out of time, Doctor, one of the other things that we discussed last time on the program, and even my own physician has touched on this, you know, we've we've been spending inordinate amounts of time indoors, certainly for, for many of us, but not gathering the way we typically go out during the summer months. And, uh, of course, a lot of that impacts sun exposure, which ultimately impacts vitamin D levels. And there has been an alarming connection that they've seen between some of the most severe cases of COVID-19 and extremely low vitamin D levels. A touch on that briefly, if you would, please. Okay, a friend of mine two days ago who was very good friends with Herman Cain. Remember how dark-skinned he oh, was? Oh, yes, and, and absolutely. People, who are, uh, people of color in particular have really high risk of vitamin of low vitamin D, and, and Caucasians, everyone else, is also at risk. Um, and she called him on the second day of his hospitalization and, and said, Herman, uh, well, first he sounded great. He was chipper. He was hopeful. Everything seemed hunky dory. And, and, and she said, do you know about vitamin D? He knew nothing. So the, you know, he's a multimillionaire, has probably the greatest healthcare in the world, but no one had talked to him about vitamin D. And he probably hadn't been tested or else if he was low. He would know it. And, and so if you are low on vitamin D and go into a hospital with COVID, you have up to a 96% chance of never coming out alive. Mm. It's that serious. At a vitamin D level, you must get it checked, and it needs to be 50 to 60. It's 50 to 60 NG, like National Geographic, NG per milliliter. The old uh, range was 30 and above, and it really needs to be 50 to 60. So I would advise everyone to start taking a couple thousand units right now and get tested. I was tested the week ago Monday. I've been taking 2,000 units for years, and the last couple months had upped it to three to 4,000 a day, and I was still dangerously low. And I run, you know, or exercise seven miles a day and uh, in good shape, and yet 
you just can't tell. You need to be tested. Some critical advice as we head into the late fall and winter season from Dr. Jeff Gusky and Dr. Gusky, as always, we appreciate the time and the old adage of forewarned is forearmed with this information in terms of making sure that you maintain a 50 to 60 percent absolute humidity level within the home, within the place where you spend the most of your time, where your family lives, and making sure that you have adequate levels of vitamin D in your system. In addition to, of course, all of the other solid advice out there, make sure you wear a face mask, things of this sort. We all know the routine, but we need to understand that we're about to turn a corner here. And vaccines notwithstanding, it is going to be critically important that we are vigilant, diligent, and stay on our toes. More information about the good work of Dr. Jeff Gusky. You can check out his amazing photography online at jeffgusky.com. That's J-E-F-F-G-U-S-K-Y.com. Our thanks to Dr. Jeff Gusky for that update here on the Wednesday edition of Lifeline from KFAS. Traffic now for you at 534, the latest. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. You know, as we've spent time on today's program talking about this monumental historic plague, the likes of which certainly none of us alive today have ever seen before, and the tragic ruination of lives and families that have been interrupted because of the loss of loved ones, more than 200,000 Americans now impacted by all of this. And while it is right and proper that we pay attention and take appropriate steps to address this and protect our own health and protect our families, there's other types of plagues out there that today are also destroying tens of hundreds of thousands of lives. These are plagues, unfortunately, that don't, um, don't capture headline news. They're not discussed about it in cabinet meetings with the president. It doesn't, uh, doesn't uh, make for perhaps... Um, polite dinner conversation back when we used to do that with friends. Uh, but it's an issue and a plague nevertheless. Talking about the impact of everything from pornography to the over-sexualization of our children today in an alarming fashion. Witness, for example, a story that I just didn't go looking for, just ran across today. And the title is, Mom Has Heartwarming Response to 12-year-old coming out claiming this is real parenting. The mother, who self-identifies as a Christian, posted a video about what happened after her 12-year-old daughter told her that he identified as transsexual. She went on to say, and I quote, My child just came out as transgender, I'm a Christian mother, so I want you to know how it happens in my house. We sat down for a talk so we could fully understand exactly what was going on around here. And then we went shopping and got a haircut. This is my son, Jaden. Isn't he handsome? Close quote. Twelve-year-old child, barely of age, certainly from a hormonal and growth development standpoint, presenting with gender dysphoria and a parent, rather than seeking advice of a professional, 
immediately launches into an endorsement of this with no notion as to the potential dangerous outcome, particularly for a child this young. And Clay Allen of Avenue joins us. And Clay, uh, you know, stories like this not only make me wonder about what's in the minds of adults today, particularly those that might identify as Christian, as in this case, but then, too, the enormous harm that we're causing to our children. Um, And it's not just the obvious cases, such as um, sex trafficking, prostitution, um, but even subtle things like allowing and endorsing and encouraging uh, consumption of pornography, or, or worse still, the story that I just shared. And, and sadly, the danger that we're causing, the damage rather that we're causing, the danger area, the damage that we're causing to our children, and ultimately the long-term negative impact on society is a toll that I don't know we're ever going to be able to fully count. Yes, Craig, you're absolutely right. And this is so sad on so many different fronts. You're pointing out one of the more grievous things that's taking place all over our state, all over our country. And it has a certain, uh, certainly an enormous toll. As you say, it's, uh, you can't even measure it at this point. But it, it, it does, uh, it does lead to something, uh, that's even greater and more profound that's taking place right now, which is this great invasion that's been taking place for some time now, and it's almost invisible in some respects. We see parts of it, but there is certainly a great invasion taking place as never before, and you're touching on part of it, and there are certainly other elements to it, but this is uh, something where Christians are being called to stand up for what is of God, not of the world, and and the question is, are we going to do that? Uh, Do we have the uh, fortitude, the willingness, the resources, to stand up for what's right. And you're so apt and so perfectly pointing out that this is a woman who who's, uh, loves the Lord, and, and, and this is not of the Lord. So there's something wrong here that needs to be realigned in order to come into the will of the Lord, of course. Well, and you know, what strikes me, Clay, is the fact that, you know, actions have consequences. She may think she's doing the right thing here. I don't want to chase my child off. I don't want them to feel ostracized. So uh, instead, I'm just going to succumb and embrace this because somehow that's the thing to do to keep my family together without really counting the cost and recognizing the totality of the impact that this can have on that child's life, both short and long term. And sadly, much of it, I think, is the same case, whether we're talking about uh, consumption of pornography or other behaviors that are outside of the established norm, created, by the way, not by us, but by very God himself. And, And what's, I think, more problematic about this is the absolute utter denial of the potential consequences of all of this. And, you know, if we sit back and just try to take an account of what we've seen going on in our nation over the last eight, nine months, not just with the pandemic, not just with the political turmoil, not just with the the racial tension, so many layers of crises and catastrophes that have all been jam-packed into one calendar year. And 
I think it's incumbent upon all of us to pause for a moment and say, is there a message behind all of this? Is, is perhaps very God himself trying to communicate something here, trying to capture our attention? And evidenced by the story that I just shared of how even someone who identifies as a quote-unquote Christian and yet seems to be disconnected from the principles that God has established for healthy, healthy sexuality I think would suggest that there is indeed a message here that God is trying to communicate for those that have an ear to hear. And Lord help us if we don't pay attention and heed the warning. That's exactly right, Craig. In fact, that's a, a prophetic word that uh, not only are you voicing so aptly and correctly and appropriately, but it's actually found in the Word. And God tells us this is going to take place. And he'll tell, He tells us specifically that we're being invaded as never before. In fact, he even goes a step further, and he says, we don't even know what's happening. We're asleep. And, and we, 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 uh, when we talk about this invasion, it is so broad, it is so vast, that um, the Bible says it's without number, meaning the invaders are without number. And, and, and this is just a profound uh, situation that we're experiencing right now, uh, the porn invasion that took place started in uh, March of this year. We have plus 40% uh, uh, peak time use increase. That's just a massive number in North America of people using pornography now that never never did before. Then we have the bill that you and I talked about, what, 10 days ago, 11, 12 days ago, something like that, uh, that got signed into law by Governor Newsom on, of all days, 9-11, SB 145, became law. And this is the law that allows uh, a certain age range of adults to have uh, certain types of sex with children, minor children who are, quote, willing, without uh, having any kind of uh, requirement to register uh, as a sex offender and so forth, uh, to a judge's discretion, certainly. But it's being dumbed down. Now, one of the more fascinating things about this is there's an unintended consequence to this law that I don't hear anybody talking about. And, and it's specifically the potential legalization of child pornography in California. And if you think this through for a minute, you know, when, when there's a, a photograph, video, movies, whatever it might be, of adults having consensual sex and it's sold as pornography, that's actually legal. And so if you take the same scenario and interject a, quote, willing minor between the age of 14 and 17, and you do the same thing with an adult within the range of the age that SB 145 talks about, a 10-year differential, and you take photos of it, video, uh, live, whatever it might be, with a, quote, willing child, I beg the question, how is that any different than what's being sold right now as legal pornography? No, I don't think there is any difference, and I think the other alarming thing is that a day and an age when we, 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 we absolutely decry and denounce such things as um, sex trafficking and uh, sure. Jeffrey Epstein, and that case is in the news on a daily basis, and we're horrified by the notion of this kind of behavior going on, and yet, with one hand, we express our shock and horror, and on the other hand, we silently endorse it. Pastor Clay Allen is with us today, founder and president of Avenue, a sexual restoration ministry. Information available on the web, by the way, at avenue.works. You know how we use .com.org. This is .works, W-O-R-K-S, avenue.works. You can also confidentially call toll-free 
If you're dealing with issues and struggling with pornography addiction, there's other behaviors going on within your marriage relationship that is really creating havoc with your spouse. You recognize you need help, but you're not sure where to find it. You can come to a place of healing and hope at Avenue. 877-326-7000. We take a brief time out back with more of our discussion. Lifeline continues. Get a look at 550 in traffic. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. You know, we often hear from a medical standpoint how that um, how we treat our bodies will have a long-term impact on our health. And while we may not necessarily experience or detect the consequences early on, whether it's over drinking, overeating, overindulging, improper diet, whatever it might be, lack of exercise, over time it has a cumulative impact. And sometimes it can lead to heart disease, diabetes, other issues whose impact oftentimes can be irreversible. Now, my wondering as we visit today with Clay Allen from Avenue, online at avenue.works, whether or not that undetectable early indulging has a compound effect that ultimately can have an extremely negative impact on, well, yes, certainly the body, but, but ultimately on your relationships. What of that, Clay? It absolutely is true. People start like uh, marijuana with them. Uh, pornography is an entry to many other things. Uh, marijuana is known, of course, as an entry drug to many more serious uh, types of drugs. The, the use of pornography is so profound because it, within a half, a half of one second, your brain starts to send messages to other parts of your brain to release chemicals that crave and demand not only more pornography, but pornography is and sexual sin is the only craving known to man that is different than all other cravings in one respect. And that is all other cravings demand more. Pornography demands not just more, but different. And this is what's so seriously um, uh, impactful with respect to the use of pornography, even on a small scale, because it quickly leads to other things as your brain releases chemicals uh, that refer and uh, create new uh, neural pathways to your reward center, and all of a sudden your brain is locked on to pornography like nothing else, and it demands. It doesn't wish, it doesn't want, it demands more and different, and your brain then starts on this trek for different things. This is why you see the escalation aspect of the cycle of brokenness happen so quickly now because of the Internet and because of other things that are available to people uh, as they progress through the cycle of brokenness. It used to take, Craig, 10, 15, 20 years with uh, print magazines for people to progress through the cycle. We are literally seeing this now, not in years. We're seeing it in months. We're seeing it in weeks, sometimes even in days where people are progressing through what would be uh, dabbling in pornography, to some very serious demonic uh, pornography to the point where uh, young people are involved. 
animals are involved, all kinds of pain and mutilation and so forth. It is absolutely incredible how quickly this can take place. So your point is very well taken about the cumulative effect of this, and it can happen very, very quickly. There are elements of all of this, and we, we touched on this around the periphery in our last visit. There are elements about all this that you have referred to as an invasion. Uh, in fact, a potentially overwhelming invasion. In the moments that we have left in our conversation today, go into a little bit deeper uh, explanation of that, if you would. Well, this is the first time in our country's history that something's happening in a convergence. Uh, we see the largest foreign invasion in North America taking place. We see a recession that started in February. That's before COVID, by the way, uh, according to the National Bureau of Economic Research taking place. COVID has also caused a worldwide economic uh, downturn. We see in, in our nature destructive fires, hurricanes, droughts, and scarcity happening all at the same time as never before in the U.S. And then we see terror, riots, looting, and lawlessness uh, threatening uh, and being threatened by otherwise lawful people as never before. And a great example of that is the nominee of the uh, Supreme Court that's about to take place and the threats that are taking place and the violence that are being threatened and so forth. We see this happening. And I, I want to share with people, there's a reason this is happening. And the reason and the purpose of this is for God to wake his people up to what is going on, and to return to him, meaning that we have turned away from him to material things instead of the spiritual things. And God, in his mercy, is saying to us, his, his people, wake up, return to me, and I will forgive you in my mercy, and I will restore you, your family, your, your finances, your environment, your church, and so forth. And, and, and this is really why this is allow, being allowed to happen, in, in my humble opinion. As you read the Word, as you study the Word, you start to see that God does this throughout time. And it's not the first time He's done it. He's done this many, many times, and this is taking place right now for a very, very specific reason, and that is for us to return to Him. So the question then becomes, how do we do this, when do we do this, and who does this? Is it just certain people, or is it everybody, and how do we actually do it? And, of course, the challenge with all this is that the, the church really needs to be responsive to what's going on here. And when I say the church, that's all of us, not just the, the, the corporate body, but, but all of us individually as well. Uh, I, I'm mindful of Second Chronicles 7.14, that judgment begins in the house of the Lord, that God calls upon his people to repent turn from our wicked ways. And oftentimes we read over that scripture and think, well, God's talking to all the heathen out there. No, he's talking to the church. So with that thought in mind, right. the necessity for us to recognize the need to turn back to God, because literally the future of our nation is at stake here. And like so many great societies and cultures before us, so often the greatest enemy is not one which attacks us from the outside, but rather one that attacks us from within. And when we open the door, it's even worse. And and I guess in, in a resounding way, that's essentially what we've done here. Isn't it, Clay, that we've, we've opened the door to pornography, we've opened the door to things like the story I shared at the top of our conversation tonight that really allows then the enemy to come in and wreak havoc on our relationships, our society, our culture, ultimately our nation. You're exactly right, Craig. And, and there's a lot of confusion about this. 
when when you read God's word and when this has happened in history and God provides this for us as a roadmap, he shows us 12 very distinct action uh, steps to take to reverse this. And when it gets reversed, and we teach this, by the way, in our program for men and women, and, and the beautiful thing about this, Craig, is when he does uh, see that we're doing these 12 different action steps uh, that he has in progression, God responds in a beautiful way. He restores us to our inheritance. He pours out his spirit. He, he removes the shame. He drives out the invaders. There's something called the latter rain in the Bible that is not talked about very often, but he pours the latter rain out, which is Holy Spirit, on all people, young people, old people, people in between. And it's all because he wants his people to prophesy, dream, and see visions so that people come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior and be delivered from the things that are not of God all the while bringing glory to the one who made it all possible, Jesus and the Father in heaven, right? And, and this is what's so exciting about this, because this has already started, Craig. We see it all over, and this is what churches need to tap into. This is what Christians need to understand is happening right this minute, the reason for it, and what to do about it. And, and the result is God doesn't discriminate. He will do this again. He's done it in the past, and he promises to do it for each of us. And at the end of the day, it's, I think, important to be mindful that there is a real battle going on here. It's a battle not just for the hearts and minds and souls of future generations of our own relationships with our spouses, but for our nation. If you fit in that mold, as I suggested earlier, where you've been struggling with this and you're not sure where to turn for help, you're embarrassed to go to your pastor, you really don't know what to do, there are resources available, and you can get more information by going online to avenue.works, that's avenue.works, or by calling toll-free 877-326-7000, that is private and confidential, 877-326-7000. Our thanks to Clay Allen, founder and president of Avenue, for being with us on this segment of Lifeline. Six o'clock, let's get you an update on traffic. We'll do that over at the KFAX Traffic Center.